now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Mark Larson, thank you for that introduction, and Southern California, welcome to a Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am your underfished host, Hop Along John Cassidy, and it is a pleasure for us to have you with us tonight. We appreciate you giving up some of your Sunday night to be with us and hang out, and I think we're going to make it worth your while. It's a jam-packed show tonight, so let me give you a little idea of what we're going to be covering. First out of the gate, we're going to have the Deputy Director for External Affairs for the Public uh, Utilities Department here in San Diego. Toilet to tap has been a hot issue here in San Diego County, not only for consumers but for fishermen. We're going to find out what this issue is all about, how it affects fishermen, what's going to be happening down the road. We're going to ask them some of the questions you've probably been asking on on this issue, so stand by. That's going to be right out of the gate. And then later on, we're going to have uh, Jim Salazar. Jim is going to be uh, conducting the first annual kayak bass fishing tournament, Battle of the Bays, that's sponsored by the CCA of California. First event happens May 6th here in Mission Bay. We're going to find out all about it. And in the second hour, Stan has invited a bunch of his friends to come aboard, and we're going to talk about the opening of trout season in the Sierras. We'll take you from Bridgeport to Crowley Lake, the June uh, uh, Lake Loop. We're going to find out what's happening in the Walker River. We're going to find out what's happening uh, at uh, Bridgeport Marina. Are, are the docks going to be in and out of the water? We're going to find out what the flows are, what lakes you're going to be able to get into, what not. That's all going to be happening in the second hour. And then if that is not enough, we're going to have uh, Mr. Will Robinson with us. He is uh, with the uh, Balboa Anglers Club. They are having their 54th get-together. It's called the Lily Call Bay Tournament. It's a four-pound test tournament. That event's coming up on April 29th. You're going to want to hear all about it. But before we get into all this, let me introduce to you the co-host of Raw and Real Radio. First, this gentleman is the voice of 1-800-Bass Boat, a pretty good fisherman, both freshwater and saltwater in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing? I'm doing well, John. Good evening, everybody. You know, a decent weekend. Got a tournament yesterday. Got home this morning here and, and watched Stoked on Fishing, watched my crew catching the fish from last year's five-day, which was really fun. And after that, I've been getting gear ready to, for the starting to get ready for uh, a trip to Alaska that we're going to take in uh, the end of June. So 
been a fun day. Oh, man, it is a good time to get ready, good time to be talking about not only your saltwater fishing and all that. And, hey, we're going to want to catch up on what's happening in Alaska, too, because not only are you going up there in June, I'll be going up to Sure Strike Lodge in the beginning of June out of Craig, Alaska. So we're going to want to get updated on what's happening there. So that's going to be great, Stan. Hey, let me introduce our listeners to the my other co-host here on Ron Real Radio, she is the national sales manager for Iserline. She also represents many other fine products in the fishing industry, and she's one heck of a good fisherman and hunter in her own right. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Howdy. You know, I am chomping at the bit. I'm dying to get out and go catch one of those monster white sea bass. I don't know if you guys heard, but... A 70-pounder was caught and weighed in over at the Babola Angling Club, and a 73.88 was caught from a kayak out of La Jolla that was weighed in over at Fisherman's Landing. Boy, it, wow. it's been happening. I thought most of those fish, Wendy, were up north, but it sounds like man, if they're coming down off of a kayak, uh, you know, in Alpha Point Loma, man, that is good signs. That water, by the way, off of... Uh, um, La Jolla is warming up considerably. So even though we're not supposed to be in an El Nino situation, warm water is off our coast right now is, and is in the upper 60s almost. Well, i got to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be one grumpy person if I don't get out there. <laughs> hey, Wendy and Stan, let's get to our first guest. Uh, I mentioned earlier, toilet to tap is a hot topic here in San Diego, not only for consumers of drinking water, but also for fishermen, because it creates an issue that they're all concerned about. I asked the deputy director of the Public Works Department that's in charge of water and wastewater to be with us, to help explain this issue to us and ease some of the anxieties that maybe fishermen might have. He's with us right now, and that's Mr. Brent Eidson. Brent, welcome to Ron Real Radio, sir. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me on this evening. Right. Now, for people that are not aware of what toilet to tap, the way it's been sort of like, I don't know if that's a slang terminology or not, what exactly is this program that we're talking about? Well, first off the bat, yeah, that's definitely slang terminology for it. It's a, it's a much more... Um, much more highly advanced than that that slogan might might allude. So what the city is in the middle of doing right now is designing a program. Uh, we've called it the Pure Water San Diego program, which will take um, recycled water, which is you know wastewater that's treated to to some pretty high standards, and we're going to take that recycled water and we're going to send it through five additional uh, treatment steps to produce a very purified water, and that water would then be available to us as part of our water supply. Um, and that will be the Pure Water Program with the first phase coming online, delivering about 15% of the city's water supply needs, or about 30 million gallons per day by 2021. Well, now, uh, Orange County is also doing something of this nature, and they take this water and they put it in the uh, San, uh, Santa Ana River Lakes. I think it's uh, the Corona Lakes over there. And they send this water down into the aquifer there in Orange County. Is is the quality of water that we're talking in this pure water project for San Diego the same type of water that we're talking about uh, uh, happening up in Orange County? Yeah, it's a very similar 
process. In Orange County, they have a three-step advanced treatment process. In San Diego, we don't have those big underground aquifers like Orange County does, and that's why our program is planning to use uh, above-ground reservoirs. And so in order to be able to do that and meet the drinking water quality standards, we'll be going through a five-step advanced treatment process. And so our our water is actually going to be a little bit higher quality than what Orange County is using. And I don't mean that to say that Orange County isn't providing a very safe product. They are indeed. It just has to do with what the state regulators are requiring of us since we're using an above-ground storage instead of an underground storage. So uh, I am correct in assuming then that San Diego County doesn't have aquifers like Orange County does that we could uh, come up with some different way to uh, to store this water other than possibly putting it into uh, any of the San Diego City reservoirs? Well, it, it depends on what size scale you're talking about. So for the city of San Diego, we serve over a million people every day of water. So we're looking at a large-scale project. And to answer your question directly, that we do not have an aquifer that has that type of storage capability uh, to use. So we do have to use reservoirs. There are some other agencies here in our region that is not the city of San Diego that might be doing some very small-scale uh, advanced treatment, and they could use the aquifers, but, but our skies and scale, there's nothing here in San Diego that would accommodate us. You know, uh, Brent, uh, people look at the, the lake system here that's in uh, San Diego, and they go, well, we have uh, plenty of water here, it seems like, that we can use uh, to drink and uh, irrigate with, but that's not necessarily the case. Uh, oh, tell us some of the sources of where our water comes from before it eventually goes through our tap? So the city of San Diego actually has to import or purchase water from outside of this region to the tune of about 85 to 90 percent of the water we serve every day. So our nine reservoirs that we have, while we're very blessed to have them and we use the water in there for water supply to the maximum extent possible, we have simply outgrown that water supply. And so back in the 40s, actually, we started importing water and so we uh, import 85 to 90 percent of the water that we treat and serve to our customers. You know, uh, we just saw that there was a major development of the Lake San Vicente Reservoir. Uh, you all put a lot of resources mm-hmm. into that to, to uh, get that program going and make that a, a major storage facility for water. And thank God you guys also helped us out when it came to uh, the launching facilities there because it still is a world-class fishing lake, especially for bass. But what did the the work that you do in San Vicente, how did that help your storage facility uh, problem? Well, so that that's a great question. San Vicente, as you know, was, um, as you just mentioned, was upsized and opened up about a year ago to uh, adding more water. We only opened up last fall for fishing again. But what that is, that was a joint effort with the San Diego County Water Authority. That's the agency that we purchase the water from, and they're the ones that actually have the contracts to bring the water in from the Colorado River or from the State Water Project. And that is part of the master plan for this region, to have more emergency storage here in, the, in our region. We don't want to be uh, at the will and the mercy of things that might happen in Northern California or out on the Colorado River. We want to make sure that we're building as much water supply resiliency and st- uh, stability as we can for our, for our community. The thing that's interesting that I, you know, I, I only learned is when I started working in our public utilities department about six years ago, and maybe your your listeners would be sure, uh, you know, interested in knowing. 
San Vicente is primarily imported water. We're pulling water in off the aqueduct and filling that reservoir. It doesn't actually have much of a natural catchment. So when the rains come in San Diego, um, San Vicente doesn't get much of that water. El Capitan does, but San Vicente is mostly imported water. Wow. Now, you know, we also know that, and I don't know if you're involved with this or not, we've just uh, uh, fired up uh, the reverse osmosis uh, operation that is up in Carlsbad. Uh, how much water does that supply, and where does that water go? Is it also being stored in reservoirs, or can it go directly to wherever it is this water is allocated and, and sent out to the consumers? So the ocean, uh, Carlsbad desalination plant is one that serves water and provides water to, as I mentioned, our wholesaler, the County Water Authority. And that is, at the uh, end of that process, it is drinking water. So it doesn't have to be stored in reservoirs. It can go directly to the consumers. And they're, um, they're producing, um, you know, about a 7, 7% of our region's supply. And I don't... Um, and the County Water Authority is actually this umbrella agency where 24 different water agencies in the region belong to. The city is one of those 24, so we do get some of that desalinated water, and it goes right into our potable distribution system. Okay. Now, we're talking about uh, this pure water system that now that you're talking about or that I alluded to is being toilet to tap. Where is this water come from? Is there just one facility that's producing it, or is it there a number of facilities in San Diego here where that water comes from? So currently there isn't any in production. We do have a demonstration plant right now. It's over in the North City area over by UTC, and um, we encourage people to come take a tour. They're free of charge, and you can sign up on our website. But what the plan is right now is to develop our first one that would be in full production by 2021, and that one would deliver about 30 million gallons per day for the city of San Diego, and that's about 12 to 13 percent of our daily need. And our long-term plan is to have a third of our water supply by 2035 come from from this type of technology. Now, a lot of our wastewater is already being processed, uh, like on Point Loma and down in Imperial Beach, and but that water is going out in the ocean. What is the the quality of that water that is actually flowing out into the sea right now? So I can speak to you from the Point Loma plant. That that one is uh, a plant that's a wastewater treatment plant. It produces, or I should say, it treats the water to um, what's called advanced primary. So it's it's removing a lot of the harmful uh, bacteria and, and and a lot of the solids that you'd normally find in the wastewater treatment plant. But that level of treatment is not enough for us to be able to turn that into something that's a potable water supply. So what we're instead going to do is take that flow and instead divert it up to uh, one of our water reclamation plants. And water reclamation plants are the ones that produce water that's capable of irrigating landscapes, golf courses, or even some industrial purposes. And a lot of people know that as purple pipe water. You see that out in the community, those purple head sprinklers and those that's a pretty highly treated water, and that's our starting point for when we start treating our purified water. So, Brent, you happen to mention, if this program goes into effect, how much of the water that San Diego County needs will it be able to provide us uh, based on whatever your projections are at, sure. at the time it, it kicks in? So, uh, for the city of San Diego, this project's just the city. So, for the city, by the end of uh, phase 
uh, the final phases, we'd be producing a full third of what the city needs every day by Wow, by that's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, so we'd be, be reducing also our ocean discharges. And so this project really, program really has multiple benefits. It has environmental benefits at the at the ocean level. Um, we also have a plan to use renewable energy to, to run the facilities to create this water. So we've got some uh, greenhouse gas emission reductions and and then obviously gets us off that reliance of the water from Northern California and Colorado, which I think many of us learned over the last couple of years through this drought, that those sources are definitely stressed. And so having that local supply and reliability is really important. Brent, we got to take a commercial break right now. Uh, is there any way we can ask you to stay on for a little bit longer? Because we've got a few more questions we want to ask. I'm happy to, yes. Yeah, hey, we are speaking with Brent Eidson. He is the Deputy Director for External Affairs for the Public Works Department, and he's in charge of water and wastewater for the city of San Diego here. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hi. 
I'm Chad, designer and owner of Hookup Baits. Hookup Baits jigs are the most realistic and effective jigs ever developed. The realistic action and looks of these jigs catch everything from crappie and trout to yellowtail and tuna and everything in between. In fact, in the last year, I have only thrown hookup baits and have caught close to 100 different species of fish. These jigs are so versatile and easy to use with eight different sizes and colors to match the hatch wherever you fish. You can fish them on top, you can fish them on the bottom, fast, slow, and even troll them. You can find these great jigs for fresh and saltwater fishing at hookupbaits.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, Lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> That is just absolutely awesome. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we do want to welcome you back to our Rod and Reel Radio. We want to welcome you all that are just tuning in. We've got uh, Brett Iderson. He is the Deputy Director for the San Diego Public uh, uh, Utility Department. And, Brent, I am sorry. You've got a title that's a mile long. I don't want to take up all of your segment <laughs> with your title. You know, but, you know, tell us, uh, you know, though, before we go into the next questions, Exactly, again, what is your responsibility there with the Public Utilities Department? Sure. So in my role, I uh, work on on two fronts, really. I work on, um, you know, public outreach and communications and making sure that uh, we're available to the public to answer questions and provide them information about the services we provide. And then the other side that uh, External Affairs is responsible for is working with our uh, elected officials in Washington and Sacramento and our regulators to make sure that uh, we're abreast of the latest and greatest coming out of the coming from those locations and and hopefully, if possible, uh, make some advocacy efforts to improve the um, ability for us as San Diegans to have reliable, safe, affordable water. All right. Now, this uh, pure water issue. What is the status of it right now, and what is the timeline? seem to be before it is actually implemented so we are in design right now of the first phase and that first phase of the program will be delivering uh, 30 million gallons of water per day of from our north city plant which hasn't been constructed yet we're in design of that plant and that'll send it over to the miramar reservoir that uh, construction isn't expected until to begin until 2018 and the water will be online and delivering at the end of 2021 all right, and when that water is delivered to the Miramar Reservoir, uh, will it be completely sterile? Will there be nutrients in it, uh, chemicals? Uh, tell us the composition of, of that water. Sure. So what the pure water facility will do will produce essentially uh, pure water. And so that water will be slightly mineralized, and it will be uh, 100% safe clean water. It's, uh, it's not going to have a heavy nutrient load. In fact, that's one of the requirements from the drinking water regulators is that it not have nutrients. We need to remove those. And, um, but it will have some, a little bit of mineralization. We obviously can't put 
pure sterilized water in a pipeline that would leach the minerals out of the pipeline and corrode the pipe. So we do have to condition the water a little bit back uh, after it's been cleaned so that it's safe and non-corrosive. Now, I guess the uh, the rub that the fishermen are consumed uh, about, and let's just go back a little way. Uh, of All of these lakes that are in uh, San Diego City and County uh, are were originally designed uh, for as drinking water reservoirs. They were put up by private, uh, uh, you know, uh, individuals or corporations or public utilities uh, at the time, and they were meant for drinking water. But they also had the caveat that, hey, besides drinking water, wherever possible, the public should be able to recreate on these bodies of water, and that, that includes uh, a body of water like uh, Lake Miramar. And I guess one of the things that uh, the fishermen are really concerned about is with this flow of the water going into uh, Lake Miramar, what is it going to do with regards to the nutrients that are there that uh, feed the bait and the fish and everything? And will that sooner or later become a sterilized lake where nothing will be able to live in it? So the water is definitely going to have fewer nutrients than what's going in, in the lake right now. The um, Miramar Reservoir was built in, in the early 60s, and it was built you know, specifically to be the, uh, attached to the Miramar uh, water drinking plant. And so to your point, John, yeah, I mean, it's got great multiple benefits, a lot of recreational opportunities there, as well as providing you know, the, the source water we need for our, our community. This pure water will uh, definitely have fewer nutrients, and so one of the things that we're, we're doing as part of our due diligence on implementing any new program is a full environmental impact statement and report on, on this program, and that environmental impact uh, review will definitely be looking at what does that mean for the long-term health of the lake and the long-term health of the, of the aquatic and fowl life at the lake. We're, uh, we're still doing a lot of those studies, and one of the things that's What's interesting is we're the first in the state to be using this type of water in this type of reservoir. So uh, we're doing uh, some extensive modeling and extensive research right now to try to answer those questions with more certainty. One of the things we do know, though, is that there's still going to be uh, nutrients in the lake. You've, you know, it's been a lake there for almost 60 years now. There's still a lot of nutrient load in the soil below. There's still a lot of aquatic life. There's still a lot of... Uh, of vegetation around, and we expect that to still continue. The question is at, at, at what level, and so those are some of the things that will be analyzed and, and released when we issue our first draft, which is completely open to the public draft of this environmental document this summer. You know, but what and, kind of volume would you be putting into the lake anyhow? Yeah, so it's the volume of the program is 30 million gallons per day, and we'd be taking out essentially the same amount to serve to our to our customers, and so it's a uh, it's almost a one-in-one-out type of ratio. At that particular type of flow, uh, Brent, is is there any way that that water just can be directly uh, put right into the treatment plant and to go out to the consumer? And Why does it have to be blended? So right now the state of California is evaluating whether or not agencies can do what you just described, John. We have in our industry, we call that direct potable reuse. And right now the state doesn't authorize that. We have to do something called indirect uh, potable reuse. And what that indirect means is that there's some environmental buffer between the highly purified water and the treatment plant. And so 
the state regulators have not yet allowed anybody in the state of California to go to direct potable reuse. We would love to see that be an option going forward, but uh, we don't see that on the on the short-term horizon. If that was an option, would the treatment plants be able to handle uh, the water that comes on in uh, uh, to them uh, as opposed to putting it into the lake? From a capacity perspective and a treatment capability, absolutely. Uh, we have three drinking water treatment plants in the city system, and all of them serve more than 30 million gallons per day. Actually, combined, we serve over 200 million gallons per day to all of our uh, customers here in the city of San Diego. So even at full build-out at 83, we have the treatment capability and capacity to do that. Now, uh, is there any plan besides Miramar? I've also heard that Lake Murray might be thrown into this mix, too, and a lot of people may not realize that even though Lake Murray is an, an urban lake and is known for the great fishing, it is a primary drinking source lake for uh, uh, the city of San Diego. So it, the water normally that's in Lake Murray is of a far better quality than you'll find at Lake Hodges or Lake El Capitan or a lot of the other lakes here in San Diego. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, so I mentioned, you know, we've got this coming online by 2021, but that's, that's only 30 of the 83 million gallons per day that we're planning on our on our program. So in the subsequent phase of the program would be the additional 53 million gallons per day. Now, we're planning to have that completed by 2035. And why? there's a number of reasons for, for a little bit more lead time on that. And one of them is very much because of what is the state going to do with the regulations. If the state does move forward with those direct potable reuse regulations where we can go straight to the treatment plant, that would be a way for us to just send that right into the to the head of the treatment plant out there at Alvarado and not have to use an above-ground reservoir. All right. And then uh, with the new capacity and abilities that you have in Lake San Vicente, is it possible for this water to go into Lake San Vicente and be distributed in other lakes? So it, it's possible. It's not on our planning horizon. Uh, you know, when we first envisioned this program, San Vicente was, was where we did a lot of our modeling and where we did a lot of our studies. And as we started working with our state regulators as to what it was the quality and, and capability, quality of the water and capabilities of the treatment, um, it became evident that, um, that, that they were, we could go to, to a smaller reservoir. And that provides a lot of benefits from the drinking water side from um, operational re- for operational reasons as well as costs to our consumers. If we had to build a 28-mile pipeline uh, to San Vicente, we'd have a, to d- add additional booster pump stations and, and other things, and so it drives the cost of the project up considerably. Um, but also the other thing is it would have been moving all the water to one of our treatment plants. By using Miramar now, we have the operational flexibility to serve our city in, a, in what we think is a, is a better manner. Do you perceive this as being an economical solution in part to help uh, us control our supply of water here in, in San Diego, or is this just uh, uh, another process that uh, the water department is taking on to, to an attempt to make themselves less dependent to sources outside the uh, county of San Diego for water? Uh, you know, I would say it's both. It's not one or the other. It's both. First and foremost, we know that uh, those supplies that, that, you know, the 90% that we're using now that's coming from outside of this region 
are uh, stressed more and more. Now, we've had a great water year in California this year, but as we just look back two, three, four years, that hasn't always been the case. So we're looking to make sure that we have a reliable source of water so our community has a great quality of life and has the, uh, the ability to grow economically. And then second, um, those costs from those imported water supplies are continuing to increase. We've seen a a tripling of the cost just in the last 10 years for us to buy that water. So we're looking at a more stable uh, cost solution, and by producing it here locally, we won't have that that unknown about what the next drop of water is going to cost. We will know what our costs are. I guess the uh, the the big hang-up with the fishermen is uh, what is going to be happening, what the environmental impact will be on those body of waters that they've been known to fish. You know, uh, uh, on Lake Murray, uh, of the top 25 fish, uh, bass especially, that have been caught in the United States. A number of them have been taken out of Lake Murray. Uh, a lot of them have been taken out of Lake Miramar. And so... Uh, there is a concern there that that is going to be affected. Tell us about this environmental impact. Uh, what is it going to um, involve? Uh, how long is it going to take? And really, is there going to be some type of a consequence that if the impact goes, this is going to have a really negative impact on the lake? Is it going to force the uh, department to maybe take some other action? So the environmental impact studies that we're doing will will be uh, looking at our entire first phase suite of projects, which require pipelines, pump stations, and treatment plants, and the lake itself. And I know that's what your listeners are most concerned about. But it will be a very, it'll be a very big document. I just want them to know that right up front. Um, So that is right now in development, and what we're working on is some additional modeling and studies of what the uh, potential impacts to the lake itself will be and those will be incorporated in this document, which will be released in uh, July, maybe aug- early August of this year. And that's a very public process. We are uh, bound by California law, and we're happy to do it, that we release that document to all interested parties who want it. And if they provide a comment to us, we have to respond to that comment. We can't just you know, take it in and, and ignore it. We will respond, and it has to be incorporated into the document. Additionally, other agencies are looking at us. We're working with the Department of Fish and Wildlife, and we're looking, working with the uh, Water Resources Control Board, and uh, both those agencies will be looking at it from their perspective to provide feedback on how we can make sure that we're, we're providing uh, you know, environmental protections for, for all sides, from the people that are along the routes that we're putting in the pipelines to the, in, the recreational users at the lake. So it will all be documented and included in there and might have measures that we have to do some mitigation. But... Uh, we're not sure what that looks like just yet. Well, uh, Brent Eidson, uh, I can't thank you how m- that much I appreciate you coming with us and kind of say- setting the record straight. Was there, were there any points of this issue that we may not have covered that you'd like to make known to us now? I would just like to offer, um, if, you're, if you're willing, John, maybe after that uh, public document comes out, we had a couple of weeks to digest it. If you guys have more questions about what's in it, what the environmental impacts are, I'm happy to come back and talk about them. Let's do Great that. Idea. Let's do that for sure because I think we all are for other sources of drinking water for uh, us here in San Diego, where we have to be less dependent on Northern California and the bureaucracies up there. We don't have to tell you how wacko though they are up there. <laughs> uh, so we uh, we know we want to do that. We want to keep a you know a steady flow. We want to make it economical. So because I think. Uh, 
like uh, almost like gasoline. We probably pay more for water than anybody else in the state over here. So we like to see, you know, that problem taken care of. And Brent, I can't thank you enough for addressing the issues that I know fishermen were asking about when it comes to the environmental impact of this event. So, yeah, definitely, let's come uh, aboard. Or if there is an issue that comes up that you'd like to make our listeners aware to, please contact us, and uh, we'll uh, move back the walls for you. I appreciate that very much. Thanks for having me on, John. All right. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to be back. Wendy has invited Jim Salazar to come aboard to talk to us about the King of the Bay tournament coming on up. So uh, you're going to want to hear all about that. I should say it's the Battle of the Bays tournament coming on up. Stay tuned. There's more to come on Rod and Real Radio. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866 so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we do want to welcome you back to uh, Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, I just got a note from Zach Zorn. He's from Cussler uh, <coughs> Yachts. And, you know, you know Zach for his fishing and everything like that. But he wanted to let me know that right now used boats are selling at a premium. So if you've got a boat or a yacht 
that you would like to put on the market and sell. They're turning over quickly. Give Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts a call at uh, 760-815-8866 or get a hold of Zach Zorn on Facebook and let him know you'd like him to sell your yacht or boat because they are a hot commodity right now, and now is the time to do it. Hey, Wendy, you invited our next guest to come aboard. Why don't you make the introduction, and let's see what he's got to talk about tonight. Well, next up we have Jimmy Salazar, who's with uh, Promar, and uh, he's also with, he's on our state board for CCA California. He has the first annual kayak fishing tournament called Battle of the Bays, and he joins us right now. Hey, Jimmy. Can you hear me okay, Wendy? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Okay, you were kind of cutting out there for a second on me, Wendy. Uh, Thank you welcome, for the well, welcome to Wendy. the shore, James. And How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. It's been work, great working with Wendy with the CCA stuff. And you guys just mentioned a friend of mine, Zach Zorn. Yes. Zach is going to be involved in our uh, upcoming tournaments. He's going to be doing the uh, photography on the water, and he's also going to be doing a, uh, a drone shot for us for our shotgun launch. Uh, nice. Nope. <laughs> right. That sounds great. Well, you know, yeah, the CCA, we know they're getting involved in all types of things, and they're representing us fishermen. But also, it sounds like, uh, uh, Jim, that they've got this Battle of the Bays coming on up that is not is going to be a couple of bays. So tell us about this format, and where are you planning to have this event? This is going to be fun. It's called Battle of the Bays because it's going to be Mission Bay against Santa Monica Bay. It's two kayak fishing tournaments, and they're both intended as fundraisers for the Coastal Conservation Association California. The first one will be on May 6th in Mission uh, Bay, and the second one will be on June 10th in Santa Monica Bay at King Harbor. Now, the one on May 6th is going to be at Dana Landing and Fast Lane Kayak Center in Mission Bay, and uh, the WSBA is also doing a, uh, an event that day, so it should be really fun. There should be a lot of people down there. And, uh, and then on June 10th, we have another event that we're going to do in King Harbor at the Yacht Club in Redondo Beach, and that is a beautiful facility, that Yacht Club. And those guys are being so nice to us. They're donating the uh, facility. And they used to write a check to the uh, United Anglers, but uh, now with uh, CCA on the scene, they're making their donation by letting us use this, their beautiful facility. Now, this is a different kind of a tournament. It's a CPR. They do this a lot back east. Stan, you're probably very familiar with this. Um, they do this a lot back east, and they do this a lot in the south. It's a catch, photo, and release. And it's for the calico spotties and sand bass. And they use a hog trough with these things. And we're using a smartphone app, or you can use a digital camera if you're old school. And uh, we're utilizing an app called iAngler. And it's really, really a cool app for a couple of reasons. One is for me as a director, tournament director, and the judges, it really facilitates and helps us along with our judging and with our, um, with our uh, uh, paperwork as far as uh, checking people in and, and keeping track of everybody's payments and stuff. It really is a cool system. You guys can go to ianglertournament.com uh, and check it out. It's really, really a cool system. You're going to be able to have a running electronic leaderboard like they have with the golf games, and you'll be able to see where you stand at any point with the fish that you've submitted. So what you'll do is you'll get this hog trough. It's about a 30-inch long piece of plastic, about 4 inches wide, that has inch markings on it and quarter-inch markings. You put your fish on it, you take a picture of it, and then you send it into the app. You submit it. 
and then the judges um, either accept it or deny it, depending on whether or not you fit the criteria. So it should be really, really fun. It's a different kind of event. It's a very conservation-minded event in that you don't have a pile of dead fish at the end of the day because you tried to keep them alive. These fish, are once they're photographed, boom, they're right back in the water. So it's going to be a cool way to go. You know, on a kayak, that'll be an exciting thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really uh, encouraging the guys to sign up early and practice with it because you can... Uh, Good idea. You can practice the mini. Oh, boy, those spotties especially, they really wiggle out of your hands quick. Um, back east, when they're doing the freshwater stuff, they're a lot more fragile, so they don't allow any kind of band. In this case, what we're doing is we're uh, giving out a Velcro band in the morning, and we're allowing people <laughs> to use that to uh, help subdue the fish a little bit. So is this going to be, a, you know, where most of the tournaments, uh, the fishermen are going out for a, a number of fish and they can bring them in, is this going to be more like, hey, uh, who catches the most uh, fish and uh, it kind of goes from there and uh, uh, some guy, someone catches three fish and someone else catches 20 fish, uh, uh, the, the kayak with 20 fish will probably be the winner. No, actually what will happen is the app will automatically pick the three longest fish from those 20 fish, and those will be automatically submitted as the uh, leaderboard entry. So it's kind of cool. You know, you can submit one fish or or 20 fish, and the app will automatically pick your biggest fish and then give me the the total length, and that's really what we're going to base it on is the total length. And then if we have a tie, it's going to be on your checkout time will be the biggest tiebreaker. And then there'll be a $20 big fish cash side pot available at both venues. No bass, sharks, or rays, but everything else is uh, submittable. And it'll be a 7 a.m. shotgun start. It's going to end at 1 p.m. with a weigh-in, or your photo submission has to be in by 1 p.m. And then uh, free lunch. Yanni from Fisherman's Belly is going to be cooking fish tacos. And uh, we'll have a a, a nice-looking T-shirt available to each angler. It's been done by uh, Tatuna. And... uh, free parking at both events. First place prize for the CPR um, uh, bass part of it is from uh, Dana Landing, and it's uh, from Steve Pinard over there, and it's a $500 gift card. Nice. And then the the second place is a uh, $250 gift card from Baja Fish Gear. Third place is a Turner's $125 gift card that Rick Jensen is supplying from Sport Fishing Financial. And then fourth place is a Promar Ahi $75 gift card. And then listen to this, guys. The grand prize is a four-day kayak fishing trip to Cedros Island provided by Cedros Kayak Fishing with nice. Mariani. Oh, wow. And it's, and that it's will be draw- no fun at guys, all. Guys, it's a drawing. All you have to do is participate. Everybody that participates gets a drawing ticket, and then we'll turn that drawing ticket into a bin at the end of the two events, and I'll pick out the winner, and that person gets to go to Cedros with all airfare paid, all Mexican ground transportation, all your food, and all your accommodations covered. Incredible now, prize. Now, Jim, I noticed here that uh, Fastlane uh, Kayaks is a sponsor. So for folks who may want to fish this but do not have a kayak, I think uh, uh, you've got something uh, working with Fastlane to help those people out with, too. Yeah, we can either, uh, actually Hobie and uh, Southwind Kayaks and Fastlane Kayaks are our uh, sponsors, our title sponsors. And Hobie uh, at uh, uh, Fastlane actually has uh, some, uh, some boats available if you want to rent one from Ron over there at Fastlane. And then Steve Pinard over at Dana Landing also has um, 
kayaks, but they're your basic kayaks, so you're going to have to bring a milk crate or something with some PVC tubes in it or something to get that one a, a little more fishy-oriented. But, yeah, um, with Hobie, Southwind, and Fastlane involved, Hobie and Fastlane and Southwind have all donated a Mirage Drive I-11S. It's an inflatable kayak. It's really cool. It has the 180 drive, that reversing new Mirage Drive that they have. It has that inside on there. And this is the top raffle prize at each event. So just for participating and then buying a raffle ticket, you could win this $2,100 kayak. Wow, there's all kinds of needs. Sponsors have set up and everything like that. And Mission Bay is a great fishery for uh, uh, spotted bay bass and sand bass and calicos. It, it's, it sounds like it's going to be a great event, Jim. It should be a fun event. I've really made it all-inclusive by doing the raffle prize and the grand prize drawing like they are. But I've also included live bait and dead bait and scents and Alabama rigs inside or outside of both bay harbors so it's really really open i'm trying to i'm trying to make it a, a wild card event so just about anybody can have a chance in this thing well also so you now, want... jimmy yeah go on so, Wendy. so jimmy if if somebody can't make it and can't fish um out of a kayak but want to come to the event and and participate that way and buy raffle tickets can they i'm sorry guys you're going to have to repeat that i i heard a question i can't hear wendy's uh wendy's line okay Wendy said if, if someone does not have a kayak, and yet they still want to be a part of this event, how can they be a part of this event? Um, they can go to Facebook, and I'm going to make an announcement on how they can be a part of it. Um, but more than anything, if they want to be a part of it, they can come down and volunteer. We need help at these events. We need help with the judging. We need help with the uh, food serving. We need help with the cleanup and the registration and the raffle and all that kind of stuff. So. If anybody wants to volunteer, they can get in touch with me at uh, jim at sabaslayer.com, and uh, I'm more than happy to, uh, to, uh, to get them to help us. Otherwise, um, uh, Wayne and the boys are all down at uh, the CCA national meeting this week, and uh, they're going to get back to me with a, a plan on how others can participate in the raffle. Yeah, Wendy had made reference to a raffle. Can anybody get into the raffle and add to that? Uh, we're working out the details on that um, because I've been starting to get asked that question a lot because a lot more people just want to come down and they can't really participate. So um, I'll have an answer for that on our Facebook page tomorrow at C on our CCA Facebook page, and uh, that's really about the best way I can handle that question, I think, right now. All right. Jim, give us the details again. How do people enter, what the entry fee is, and then it sounds like, the almost the entire entry fee or a great part of it, good percentage of it, is going to go to the CCA uh, California organization itself. Any money left over after we pay off our, our printing for the flyers and the printing on the uh, plaques and our T-shirts and our lunch costs, anything left over after that is going to go right into the uh, coffers of the uh, Coastal Conservation Association California. It's $60 to get into this event. And then it has a $20 big fish side pot. You um, don't have to be a member of CCA to, uh, to enter. And um, it's uh, going to be in Mission Bay on May 6th and in King Harbor on June 10th. And um, what else haven't I covered? I, I think you've done it. It's just you got a, it. Yeah, we've got to just come out and do it. Jim, just quickly. Oh, one uh, last thing. Complete yeah. rules and registration is at www.battleofthebays.com. 
And the easiest way to sign up is just go to that website, find the date, click on it. It will send you right over to the iAngler app, and you can sign up on the iAngler app. And then use PayPal. It's so much easier to use the PayPal, and you'll just buzz right through it like that. We really need to get a few more um, people involved in this to make sure that we have a very successful event. I've collected quite a bit of sponsorship, and I want to make sure that our sponsors are happy with a lot of people there. You know, and one more thing, I want to say a big thank you to you, Jimmy, because you have worked effortlessly and tirelessly on this event, and it's going to be awesome. And thank you for all your hard work. Oh, you're welcome. I can't believe how much work this is. Stan, I know you know about it. John, you <laughs> probably know how much work this is. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, I can't wait on? to hear about the weigh-ins. <laughs> that is that is going to be great. Hey, uh, yeah, Jim, we'll be doing we'll be doing a lot of uh, a live Facebook on it, and like I say, Zach Zorn, um, who you were just talking about at Custler Yachts, is going to be our video guy. So, uh, and also our photographer. So we'll have plenty of pictures and video up. Hey, Jim, we just have a couple extra minutes left before we go to the top of the hour break. Uh, you know, we're normally talking to you about lobsters uh, come the season, and everything like that. But I know you're fishing beyond just lobsters. Wendy happened to mention. White sea bass out there. I know there are still good calico fishing. What are you finding out there right now? You know, Santa Monica Bay really hasn't quite turned on like the down south area has. seems to be lagging in the halibut and the exotics. So I'm still hitting the rockfish off of my uh, kayak, the uh, pro angler, off of the uh, edges of the canyon, Redondo Canyon. As a matter of fact, I just trimmed up some vermilions tonight to put in some panko and make a little uh, mango avocado salsa to put on top of them. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'll be right over. (laughs) (laughs) Got a lot of volunteers here. (laughs) That sounds great. Well, Jim, we want to thank you very much for taking the time to be with us and to to talk about the uh, the first annual Battle of the Bays. And we again remind people this is just not San Diego Bay, but it's going to be happening up in King Harbor. So you're going to get the opportunity maybe to fish a couple of bodies of water that you're not used to grow there. Uh, support a, a great cause and have a, a, a lot of fun. It's been a long time since we've had a tournament here in, in Santa Monica Bay for kayak, so I think we should get a lot of involvement. It should be really fun. All right. Jim, are, are there any uh, that you're aware of, any maps of Santa Monica Bay or anything like that that, that people can refer to, for, especially coming here from San Diego, or you know, that uh, to better orientate themselves with the bay? I really like Captain Frank Grabenstatter's Fishing Spot Locator book. That thing has all the artificial reefs in there, and it's got all the wrecks in there, and it talks about all the high spots over there. So I really would pick up a couple, a copy of Captain Frank Grabenstatter's Fishing Spot Locator book. It's probably, to me, the, one of the most complete ones, even though it's a little outdated for that area. All right. Well, Jim Salazar from the uh, CCA of California, thanks a lot for uh, cluing us in. Wendy, thank you for inviting Jim to come aboard and uh, tell us about this event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Kicks off May 6th in Mission Bay, uh, just right at the, the Dana Landing area in front of Dana Landing Market and Fast Lane Kayak. So it's going to be a great event. Jim, thanks a lot for letting us in on it. Thank you, guys. www.battleofthebays.com. That's where you go. All right. All righty. Thank you. Take hey, care, guys, Jimmy. we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Stan has invited a bunch of his friends to come aboard and tell us about the opening of the Eastern Sierras, what we can expect to see from different parts of uh, that, that we normally go to. So 
Hopefully we can get in touch with everybody. We're going to make an attempt to do it, and you're going to be in the know. If you're going to the Eastern Sierras, what's open, what's not, and what's fishing the best. So stay tuned. Stan Vandenberg with his Eastern Sierra Report will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to LandsEndCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quanta Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app 
by texting the word REAL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words CODE GROUP in the App Store on your smartphone. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, you know, we've had ourselves one heck of a winter here in uh, uh, the uh, Southern California area and up into the Eastern Sierras. We've got the trout opener happening. And, Stan, I know you've gone to a lot of work to uh, uh, get some of your friends and people that you know from the Eastern Sierras on. And, uh, man, uh, we're just about ready to go with a great report here. Well, you know, with the one week to go, and 50 feet of snow, people are probably wondering where to go. <laughs> you know, do I bring one snow shovel or two to go find a spot to park? Uh, I know some guys were actually using uh, skip loaders to move the snow earlier in the season, so I figured that people want to know a little bit about where what's available up there. So right off the bat, we're going to go up to the furthest north, where one of the most popular areas, especially for the big trout, uh, is Lower Twin uh, out of Bridgeport and talk to Tim Sullivan. Tim, are you with us? No, uh, Stan, we couldn't get a hold of Tim, so we've gone oh. uh, right over to uh, uh, Jim Reed from uh, well, Kent we'll Sporting Goods. Jim Reed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jim, Jim are you there? Ken Sporting Goods. Yeah, I'm here. Right down in the middle of town there in Bridgeport. If you're coming to Bridgeport on the right-hand side just before the courthouse, there's a little sporting goods store with an ice chest outside that's one of the most popular uh, attractions in Bridgeport is go look and see how big a fish is in that ice chest after the opener. So, Jim, why don't you tell us what's open and what's not for the Bridgeport Arena and how the rivers are flowing there, West Walker, East Walker. Where can people go? Well, there's quite a few places to go still. Um, you know, of course, the Twin Lakes are nearly full. They're maybe just a foot or two down. So, you know, the marinas up there are on both upper and lower are running, you know, ready to roll. Uh, Bridgeport Reservoir is down quite a bit. Unfortunately, they're kind of making room for some of the runoff to come down. So well, there will uh, be that. You, you will be able to launch down at the bathtub, uh, but you won't be able to launch at either of the regular marinas, unfortunately. But I kind of expect the fishing to be pretty good in spite of that. The launching might be a little tricky, but the fishing should be great. So the upper reservoirs are all open. Is uh, uh, Upper Twin and camping available, and is it, can the guys park along the edge of the lakes up there? Is everything ice-free? Yeah, absolutely. Um, those lakes iced out probably a month ago. Uh, the snow level, even though it's super deep up high, is not quite down, you know, to 7,000 where those two lakes are. So there's, a, there, there's some patches of snow here and there, but there's not going to be any problem with access at all. So all the parking along the edge of the roadways, you can camp up there also. Are the campsites open? Yeah, the both uh, all all three of the main uh, privately owned resorts are open, and then they're going to have about half of the Forest Service campgrounds open this week. So shouldn't be any trouble with any of that. That's really good because they didn't know if they were going to open the camp the, the camping uh, for the public right off the bat because of the snow and what was closed and what was not. So that's pretty good news. So what are the rivers? What about East Walker and West Walker, and even below well, the dam? Yeah, the East Walker below the dam right now is running about 350 CFS, which is actually not too bad. Uh, we had some 900 CFS flows, which is extremely difficult and dangerous to fish. I would probably not recommend that for people who aren't kind of professionals. Um, 
but at 350, depending on whether or not it stays there, uh, it, it's definitely fishable, and we've actually been getting some pretty good reports from down there. Um, the West Walker, I, I don't know what the numbers are on the flows, but I've driven by it several times in the last week. Uh, it's a little off color, but uh, and a little bit high, but definitely in a fishable condition right now. Uh, it doesn't have that chocolate milk looking runoff thing going on yet. Um, well, that's really good, actually, because there's yeah, a lot it's of that. actually it's awesome. Um, again, that could change day to day depending on what Mother Nature does. Uh, if she warms us up a little bit, that could change. But we're going to kind of try to keep our eye on it as best we can for the anglers coming up. I think people have to understand that if you're up there, if you're going to go to the Sierras and and keep in tune with Mother Nature, if you have hot days, the the day before you get there, especially high and it's hot, you're going to have that runoff doesn't start coming down the hill until after 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it doesn't usually hit the lower end of the valleys and the areas where you're going to be until, like, maybe midnight. And then the, right. that can change the rivers. I wouldn't camp right next to some of those higher-volume higher, uh, rivers uh, if that's happening just because you don't know how high they're going to roll uh, if, they're, if it's warmer weather. Um, yeah, that's good advice. This is just common. Well, it's not common sense because most people don't think about, hey, it's, it's nice today, the river looks good right now, but in the middle of the night it can come up a foot or two real quick on that runoff. So be aware of those things. Um, and then what about Robinson Creek and the areas around there? Are the creeks still fishable? Robinson and Buckeye are both fishable. Virginia Creek's fishable. Um, again, same kind of situation. It just depends on a little bit on the weather. Uh, the Virginia Lakes Road has about <laughs> has some 30 and 40 foot drifts across it right now. So you're uh, not going to fish Virginia. <laughs> probably not going to be fishing up there just yet. Uh, if you got a snowmobile and a big shovel that you can dig down to the ice and an auger to get through the ice, you might have a go at it. But uh, the chances are slim on that. Wow. Well, sounds like it's going to be an interesting opener. With at least we have. Bodies of water fish of Virginia lakes and Green Lakes are probably not going to be able to get into those, but but the lower lakes right now, especially um, in the in the rivers, will have decent fish. Did they stock the lakes? Uh, they're planning on stocking this week. I just saw the report today. Uh, Bridgeport, Twin, Upper and Lower Twin, Robinson Creek, Buckeye Creek, uh, West Walker are all getting, and uh, Bridgeport Reservoir, if I didn't say that, are all getting planted this week. Well, that sounds pretty good. So. If people want to know more before they co- come up there and they want to give you a call, what's the phone number to Ken's? Uh, 760-932-7707. Thanks for the report. We're going to check back in with you next week at the end of the, the uh, opener to find out what the big dog has been caught up there, and uh, we'll continue to get reports from you during the year then, uh, during the trout season, and uh, get back in touch. Sounds good, guys. You guys take care. Thanks, Jim. Right. Well, now we're going to go down to uh, – June Lake, and uh, the people that are actually running the June Lake Marina, they're taking it over, Abby and, and Adam, who are the people that run the, the concessions at uh, Crowley, and they're taking that over from John, so John can, doesn't have to work as much. So, Abby, are you with us? Do we have Abby? Well, I thought we had Abby. Jorge, is Abby there? Abby's here. Yeah, there's Abby. There's Abby. <laughs> Abby, welcome to Ron Real Radio, ma'am. Thank you. Thanks for having so, me. So, Ab, have we uh, have we got ice on any of the lakes down below? I mean, the June Lake Loop. What's open? What's not? 
Um, let's start up oh. there and, and find out what's available to the fishermen. Yeah, no, the June Lake Loop is all looking good. It's ready to go. I mean, uh, the 158 opened two weeks ago even, and most of the ground around the lakes looks pretty dry. You may see patches of snow here and there, but all of the lakes are open. It's been warm, so the water temperature is coming up. The June Lake Loop is going to be good to go. Lakes and, are full? Uh, cr- the lakes look really full, yes, but you can really tell um, with June and Grant Lake, uh, Silver Lake are all looking really good, so people are going to be pleased. That's really great. That's really good news because the lakes have been down a little bit, but with all the volumes of water coming in right now, everything's looking pretty good, and they're all high. So you'll have a lot of volume, yeah. <laughs> a lot of water to cover. Yeah, we just kind of have to hope the rest of it melts kind of slowly now. <laughs> well, that's the biggest so. thing. If, if we have hot days, it could be a little bit tenuous. Uh, we talked about the... Yeah. Uh, don't camp right next to the creek if if it's been warm because it could rise overnight. So, exactly, yeah, yeah, I gotta watch out sometimes. So the, the no, loop is looking pretty good, and there and you can uh, is camping open now. You know, all of the resorts are able to open. There's a few Forest Service campgrounds open, and then a few others I know were on on hold. They're waiting for their water test results, and that should all be known by Monday. Um, but m- a lot of the upper elevations are still closed. Um, I know it's really popular up the Rock Creek Road, but I think just the French camp is all that's going to be open up there. So most people that would have tried to have made a reservation should check, but there are some last-minute things that could open up, so people just kind of need to look individually where they want to go. Should they, is there, well, they should probably even call the, uh, the marinas if they're going to be running up to either Grant Gulf, Silver, or June, and make sure yeah, what's yeah. available. Find out if camping is available, if this, if they've had uh, reservations for all of that, too. That's a, something people have to take into consideration. There's not a lot of area. There's a lot of parking along the edges of the roads and a lot of fishable areas, so that can be easy. But uh, if you're looking to camp, you might check and then find out if your resorts are even open. Yeah, most of the, like I said, most of the resorts should be um, running at full capacity, but definitely check in and check in with the Forest Service. They'll know the status of all the Forest Service campgrounds. So I know a lot of them have a start date of like May 5th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, in Crowley Lake, we're we're ready to go. Um, I think we're going to be really busy because we have the whole North Landing for camping as well as the South Landing. So there's plenty of room here right by the lake to camp. So really, the North Landing, there's a lot of camping over there. Are they letting them camp out? Or or can you drive out to the Green Banks area? Exactly. Yeah, we set up all through the North Landing, Green Banks, um, to Sandy Point, and we open up that for camping on opening weekend only. But it is a good option um, for people who may have lost their normal spot. So. Well, that's something that that's good. You, there's not snow, so they can drive out uh, across and over to Green Banks and the North Landing. That's an easy drive. Yes, the roads are all good to go up there. That's the other thing people should really be careful of too. If they're used to kind of going out and exploring, uh, do be mindful of the dirt roads. Some of them um, have just gotten severely rutted. Most of the you know dirt roads around these areas around Crowley here specifically are snow free. 
but you can't get too far off road up near the June Lakes or Mammoth Lakes area at all. So people have to realize <laughs> some of these roads aren't aren't ready yet. So well, that's good to know too. I mean, with the you got to take into consideration the snow melted and went into the ground there. So some of that ground is going to be soft, and uh, make sure you don't get stuck because that will happen, especially when you get people. down closer to the lake where the water tables come up and it's sunk into the ground a little bit. It can get pretty tenuous. Yeah. So be aware. Yeah. Be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're all ready to go. Are all your cabins rented and uh, slips rented? What, what does the opening day look like at Crowley? Yeah, Crowley looks busy. We always we book our rental boats generally within the first few days, as well as our cabins and our RV park. Those are all booked. Um, we do all of our dry camping on a first-come, first-served basis, and we open up on Thursday for that. Um, otherwise, we're going to open up everything else, too, on Thursday at the marina. We do have a few dock spaces left for opener, um, but we sell season passes, everything like that starts on Thursday here as well. So if people are in town ahead of fishing day, they can they can come in and take care of that stuff early. And, how, you know, it's our, the lakes like Convict have got opportunities for people, too. That's places to camp there. That you'd probably have to call ahead of time to get a reser- reservation or find out that also. The Convict is right. open. That's just above you. Exactly. Yeah, that's just above us. And... The last that I saw, there was snow on one part of the lake still, but it is ice-free, and there's still a lot of shoreline up there as well. That sounds it sounded pretty good. I mean, the lake is pretty full. We, I heard they let a little water out in, in anticipation of the coming season here. Yes, yeah, no, the Crowley Lake, yeah, they definitely let some water out to make room for more. And so we're just right at about normal now. It's going to be perfect for the campers because it's down to that flat level of, uh, of beach there by the lake. But, um, yeah, it's not super high, maybe what people would expect. I think in a few more weeks that will change, though. They're going to start, whereas they've been letting the river run pretty fast, they're going to want to slow that down for the fishermen. And uh, we'll start to see the rest of the snow melting and the lake come up over the next month or so. Well, the things like, you know, coming into Hilton Creek, coming into Hilton Bay there, all those little smaller tributaries are just going to run whatever they run. Uh, that's oh, not yeah. a control situation. Oh, yeah, they're situation. Oh, and, right. the, and the amount that comes in off, the, actually, the, the Owens is going to be, it could be voluminous at any one time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we could see high water. You know, there's just so many variables at the water level. And, um, you know, working with DWP, I realize there's, you know, it, there's a lot of variables. So we'll see what happens. But there's certainly a lot of water back up, you know. So did they stock the lake the uh, ahead of time here? Or are there going to be a lot of fish to catch? What do you think? Yeah, we have just tons of fish. We got 15,000 pounds uh, two weeks ago from the Department of Fish and Game. Now, some of those were pretty good size, you know, like three-pound browns. And then some of them were like three-quarter to one-pound rainbows. Um, and then the county has done a stocking as well of really big fish, like six- to nine-pound fish. Really? And, yes. Yeah, that was, that was new. That, that's a little bigger than normal. So everybody has that to look forward to and thank oh, Nona County Six- to nine-pound fish, huh? That's, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. 
I always tell people too, you know, you're coming out early season. If you have, uh, if you're going to fish with lures, you know, get a get a rainbow trout on there. Um, you can even try something big. Normally we fish pretty small, but if you're going to bust out your big lure, you want to do that on opening weekend um, because of the amount of small fish that we have. And uh, and then the frog patterns too. I think those are kind of the ticket for opener. Well, frog pattern is just kind of a. It's actually kind of the, like that green pattern on a on a rainbow trout back, and gold has always exactly. been a com, uh, common denominator for the whole of Sierras. If you're if you're going to pull something around because of the chub minnow, um, mm-hmm. that golden black rapala, r- the rainbow rapala, and then uh, standard brown trout. So if you've got small rainbows, browns, and now you got cutthroats in there too, and um, yes. and that cut. The cutties have been getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. So the cutthroats that are in there, if you can, if you happen to get one, you could get. They're going to start seeing bigger and bigger fish here. Maybe this year you had how big was the biggest cut last year? You know that is tough to say. I mean, we did hear reports of like nine and ten pound fish. Um, a lot of those are released though. So. Um, a lot of fishtails come in this way, too, you know. Well, without a doubt, people look <laughs> but, yeah. at them and say, yeah, it was a giant. But the fact yeah. is but we they, definitely, they're, yeah. they're growing and they're getting bigger. Yeah, we definitely saw some nine-pound uh, big fish last year. But, uh, you know, um, the, the Department of Fish and Wildlife is also raising uh, cutthroats at the June Lake Marina. So that's got a really healthy cutthroat population as well. When they were native to the area to start with, and they're starting to grow them up again. So that's a good thing. Are you going to have the little restaurant open there for people on the opening day? Actually, we defer to the Long Valley Fire Department on opening weekend. They bring their uh, weenie wagon down here, and they're out there serving food all day and raising money for the fire department. So, And that's fine. That's great. I have one less thing i got to do. <laughs> but we, we, we get... We get going the second weekend of the season. So. Abby Gomes, if uh, we want more information about June Lake or Crowley Lake, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, I would try. You could always um, just give us a call at Crowley Lake. It's 760-935-4301, and we check that phone all the time. And June Lake is 760 648 7726. Good information. Thank you, Abby, for everything. We will definitely be in contact, and I'll be up there not too, in the not too distant future myself. I'm not going to come to open her, but after that, I'll be there. Right. And uh, cool. we'll continue to uh, monitor the fishing at Crowley as we go through the season. How's that? That sounds great. Well, thank you again for having me, and we'll look forward to uh, seeing you at the lake. All righty, guys. Well, thanks, Abby. We're going to go on to the next con- well, contributor take a to break the right information now, for the Sierras, and hopefully we've got Joe Cantaldi with us, who what? is one of the better guides, both on Crowley Lake, and he's got an option that if you're not going to go to the Sierras and you want to travel a little further, now he's fishing at the Lake Pyramid up there and catching really big fish. Joe, are you with us? Yeah, Stan, let's go to a break right now first, and then we'll get Joe on right after the break, okay? That'll work. Hey, you're listening to Ron Real Radio. This is our tour of the Eastern Sierras and scheduled to come up next. We're going to have Guy Joe uh, Consaldi with us, so stay tuned. There's still a lot more to come.
Kamikatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Kamikatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Kamikatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Kamikatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I are taking through a little tour of the Eastern Sierras, and we want to apologize that uh, we couldn't get Tim Sullivan on from Bridgeport, uh, Lower Twin Lakes Resort area. Just uh, couldn't make the connection with him. But Stan's next guest is with us from Pyramid Lake. And, Stan, would you like to introduce him to our listening audience? You betcha. Mr. Joe Cantaldi, who is one of the better guides on Crowley, and he's right now currently up at Pyramid Lake catching fish that are the kind you actually want to catch. You could go to his website and see them. But, Joe, welcome to Rod Real Radio. Guys, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, so tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now. You're up at Pyramid Lake. Well, you know, we're, uh, we're up here. We're, we're, I'm sorry, it broke up a little bit. Hey, no, that's okay. Pyramid Just keep Lake. going. Talk, talk to up, us about Pyramid. Okay, so we're up here at Pyramid Lake for this weekend. We did a large uh, group from uh, the Sacramento area and uh, four guides, and we had clients out along the area. Um, a lot of fish in the double digit were caught this weekend. We had uh, a 10, a 15, and a 12. Um, we had many fish in the six to eight pound class. Um, it's been really an amazing year here at Pyramid Lake, Nevada. It's a really amazing story about how they brought these giant fish back um, from a point where they thought they were extinct. They reintroduced the original strain, which now is called the Pilot Peak strain, and these fish achieved weights over 20 pounds. Guys, I just came from the water right now, and there are fish chasing 
the stalkers they just dumped in here right into the shoreline. <laughs> and we're talking, we're hooking, you know, there's six, eight pounders, and then the guy just down below us got another 12. So a lot of active large fish cruising right now and eating. So it's been a good weekend. Um, the fishing here we use is basically with indicators and uh, retrieving techniques with uh, both fly rods and uh, also the spin guys are using spoons and marabou jigs out here and sometimes just crushing these giant trout. Again, um, here this is a place where no matter what you use, a fly rod or a spin rod, anytime you get a tug or a bent rod, it could be a fish in a double-digit category at over 20 pounds. So it's an amazing fishery we have here. Well, that's the Lahatan cutthroat that are up there. That's the 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 cuts that were original to the uh, the region up there, and they've done a phenomenal job of of regenerating that that stock of fish, and and they have just got monsters up there, and they fish off ladders. Now, you might want to talk a little bit about ladder fishing. Yeah, that's that's right, Stan. We do. We uh, we use ladders. Um, there's a lot of variety of different styles of ladders. You'll see here people from customizing and stuff. But um, a lot of us now, as guides, we offer these well-stable ladders with chairs on them, um, you know, I mean, a seat on them so that you're actually sitting on a platform or standing on a, you know, you're able to stand on the platform or sit down on a seat and swivel around. So it's very comfortable. We get you out of the waves because, you know what, even on the windy days when we have having two, three-foot waves coming into the shoreline, um, the fish are, can be very, the fish activity can be amazing. And I can brag, one day I had on this lake last year 75 fish for the day and uh, a 15-pounder in there. And uh, it was one of the most amazing days with three-foot waves crashing and every cast was a fish. They've really done a great job in stocking this fishery, and I highly recommend people to just, Give this a try. Unfortunately, we only have one more month left here, the month of May, before they close it until October 1st. But then again, when it reopens, it's just an epic place to go and experience. If you've never seen it, what's your website, Joe? You can go on there and you actually see what the, these, these performance anglers are doing. At, um, I'm sorry, net. PerformanceAnglers.net. And you can That's get great. the watch what Joe's doing up there, where people actually would walk out of the water, they set up a ladder, and then they climb up a ladder to get up a little bit further out and be able to cast a little further in the lake to hang these big fish. And it's quite the adventure, without a doubt. But your, your normal venue is you're a fly fishing guide on Crowley Lake. I am. And uh, we're looking forward to a great year, anglers, uh, with the fact that with the water levels that we're going to be achieving this year from the runoff, you know, I, I kid about because I do live in Mammoth Lake. So, you know, when people ask me how much snow we have, it's basically I was like living in an igloo this winter. Uh, <laughs> that's the amount of snow we had. So it's an, it was an amazing experience. I've never seen that much snow in my life, and I'm really looking forward to the season ahead and years to come. Um, Crawley's going to be at a level probably back in 2006, and um, we're going to just see a continually increased activity of great fishing from the beginning all the way through the end of the season. Um, gosh, I, I, to even start where, what to do out there, I mean, God said, it's going to be amazing. You know, that the, the lake is finally iced out. It's been iced out for a little time now. And uh, the levels are rising, and they're still, they've been, you know, dropping the water level just to kind of control what they expect for the runoff. Uh, so we've done a lot of great things. Anyways, we got fish up in the upper islands that are pushing over 23 inches right now that we're catching with fly rods. And also, you know, anglers up there with spin rods are going up there and doing well. 
it's uh, barbless and artificial lure fly only right now. And uh, but there's plenty of fish coming out of the lake right now. And uh, we're even seeing the cuddy starting to show up on the Upper Owens right now. For really, how big a cut have you seen? Man, last year we got cuts up to 27 inches on the river. Hmm. So this year we'd like to see something. Maybe somebody will push that 30-inch mark. But most of the fish are pushing 21 to 23 inches. Now, if you, you're talking about a 26 to 27-inch fish is a 9 to 10-pound fish easy, especially in a That's cut. correct. And then yeah, it, these cuts are very large. Yeah, because they're 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 a round. They're kind of a softer fish. When you catch them, you'll if you ever catch one, you'll find that out. Some of the uh, brown trout are just hard as a rock, and the rainbows can be pretty solid. Cutthroats yep. are a softer fish. They stay down usually a little deeper. When they come into the rivers, they get fat because they're spawning, and they are an immense fighter. And they got a mouthful <laughs> of teeth. Um, yeah, they do. They're very. You never want to uh, lip one of these fish. Let me tell you something. <laughs> they ha- they really have some serious teeth on them when they're when, it, when it, the cutthroat is definitely uh, one of our largest of the streams that we're getting out of the lake right now that are coming up the river. Um, they're bypassing the rainbows in size, body, and and length. So um, yeah, I, I see us getting seeing some bigger, bigger fish this year, pushing quality over twenty five inches. I mean that's. A good quality fish, like you say, it's seven, fish. eight pounds, nine pounds. Yeah, those are the fish they are. Their sizes are they're thick fish. Hey, the other thing too is a little uh, thing about our fish out of Crawley. That those cutthroat, for some reason, they smell the worst out of any of the trout. They smell next the worst. Next time you hold one of those, next time you hold a cutthroat out of Crawley, smell it. I don't know what it is, guys, but really the rainbows are browns, no problem, but the cutthroats have a very distinctive smell, and uh, make sure you wipe your hands with the other rag, because that stuff is pretty potent. Well, they're a slimy fish. They are. They definitely are. Uh, They are a little bit more lethargic, I think. Uh, They're a meat eater. They like to stay deep, and they, they eat the meat, so... You know, they'll eat other fish. That's what their forage is. Um, and maybe it's just because they eat a lot of perch. Who knows? <laughs> they eat everybody. They've been eating the rainbows. I mean, they're pretty much consuming a lot of the other fish in that lake right now, and that's why they're getting so big. Joe, well, are, they, are they going to be uh, some of the more popular lakes that fishermen have been used to going to because of the, you know, uh, no snow conditions that now they're just not going to be able to get to? Well, you know, the upper lakes in Mammoth are, have always been accessible by snowmobile when the opener has. They normally, people normally start out the season ice fishing up there. So, excuse me. Um, but all in all, it's there's going to be some great fishing to be had up there. I don't think the Mammoth yeah, lakes, prepare uh, to you can probably get to maybe to using, win. Uh, you know, ice fishing. I, yeah. well, I know if you're going to try to get to Rock Creek, you definitely ice fish. Uh, I don't know yeah, about know. the lakes that are, or even if it's accessible. And what about the the circle up above Mammoth? Can you get to, do you think you can get to Twin Lakes? <laughs> You're going to have to either use a vehicle or snowmobile to get up there. You're going to have to use some, I mean, you can get up to the first layer and they'll have that cleared up by then. But you're going to have to, any further lakes up, you're going to have to do what everyone else has been doing, parking, hiking in, or, uh, you know, getting up access to the snowmobile. You know, well, Joe, we have a lot of snow. You guys, remember, we got over 500 inches, so it's going to be a slow process for us accessing anything above, I want to say, you know, the 9,000, 10,000 foot level. 
<laughs> It'll be okay. No matter what we do, it's going to be a good opener. Joe, if somebody Absolutely. wants to, to contact you and come fishing with you, either on Crowley or even set up something for Pyramid on the ongoing seasons, uh, what, are, what do they do? Where do they call? Guys, give me a call at 818-288-0583. That's my direct line. Or you can also email me at matukajoe at yahoo.com. And that's M-A-T-U-K-A-J-O-E at yahoo.com. That'll work, buddy. Now, Joe, Thanks. are you already booked Facebook up with you guys. We're all over Facebook. Performance Anglers on Facebook. That's a big tool we use. Everyone should communicate with us on there, too. Yeah. Are you booked up for the rest of the season for Pyramid right now, or you, you still have room? We have openings. We definitely have openings for the month of May and uh, this upcoming week. So and the fishing has been good, and it's getting improved for the next three weeks. And then the reason why they close the slate down in, at the end of May is just to prevent people from uh, – fishing these fish so deep, so they do travel deep and uh, ruining the fishery by, you know, they end get basically a lot of uh, mortality rates by them catching and releasing in that deep water. So they reopen up when the water conditions are cooler in October, and I got to tell you guys, uh, that's going to be an amazing experience in the future. They have bait ball bites out here that are biggest, you know, you're out on anchovies with tuna crashing through them. It's the most amazing <laughs> experience I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like this in freshwater and I've done a lot of fishing, and um, I, I tell you what, you come here to Pyramid Lake and you look at the shoreline, it almost looks like Baja on the other side. Um, but that, wow. that the October bite for the two-week chub schools, and when I mean bait balls, I'm talking a quarter of a football field size and sometimes three or four of them spread out. You slide into them like you would on anchovies or sardines, and every cast is a trout. So it's wow. not uncommon for people to have over 100 fish for two anglers in October. So uh, some other great things are happening here. And uh, we will be pursuing taking Peter, people out on the charter boats uh, in the 2018 season. That's our goal. All righty, buddy. Well, thanks for the report. We really appreciate it. We'll be in contact during the season. And we definitely want to maybe come up. And I, I have not been to Pyramid, but that is on the uh, wish list for this year. You bet, man. The world's largest cutthroat coming out of this place, man. So let's do it, guys. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, Joe. Hey, thank you. And uh, uh, please, give me a holler. Anybody interested in spending some time in some of those great bodies in Eastern Sierra, like Crawley, Upper Owens, East Walker, Hot Creek, I definitely cover that area and would love to get you out on the water. Thanks, guys. You betcha, you, buddy. Thanks for the report. You know, Stan, fishing with uh, Joe Cantali up there at uh, Pyramid sounds like uh, a bucket list type of thing with the type of trout they're taking out of there. Well, you know, Tommy Lowe started going up there. A lot of the other guys, including Joe, you know, went up there and started playing around with that game. you got to get uh, – it. there's an Indian tribe that kind of uh, controls who is and who can and who can't. So it's pretty selective. Uh, but it is a specialty uh, fishing adventure. If you're going to catch a big, you want to catch a fish over 10 pounds, that is a spot to do it with. And you can do it on a fly rod, wow. uh, sitting on a ladder, of all things. I mean, that is the well, you adventure. Know my, my pro staffers, uh, Isoline pro staffers, they've been fishing that for years and uh, going there, Norm Fujimoto and Ernie Seiko. Yeah. Um, and they love it there. They make, you know, <coughs> it, it's a must, must do thing, you know. All right. Hey, guys, let's take a break right now. We're going to shift gears because coming up next, uh, we've got Bill Robinson from, uh, I'm sorry, Will Robinson from 
the Balboa Anglers Club. They've got a unique event coming on up. Stan alerted us to this, and it sure sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Stan, Wendy, and I, though, we're going to take a breath right now and a little break. Stay tuned. There's still more Rod Reel Radio to come. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at Chief Sport Fish Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archived shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, just a reminder, the 26th annual Brian Graves' bass tournament was go- is going to be held this Sunday, April 30th, at Lake Hodges. This is the third, the 26th annual event. It's run by Brian's uh, mom and dad, Pete and Lori Graves. It's a memorial tournament for Brian, who was killed by a drunk driver in uh, North County uh, over 27 years ago. They put together this event to not only have a fun time and remember Brian, but also they set up a scholarship for marine biology for for those uh, that uh, are in pursuit of that career, as uh, Brian would have liked to have been. 
money goes to the scholarship, and there have been several awards made towards that. If you're interested in more about the event, give Pete Grave a call at uh, 760-753-6214. That's the Brian Graves Memorial Tournament on Lake Hodges, Sunday, April the 30th. Well, Stan, you brought to my attention again there is an event happening at the Balboa Anglers Club coming on up that uh, I think our listeners need to know about. So you want to introduce our next guest. You betcha. I was talking with uh, Brad over at Amber Marine. He goes, hey, I'm involved with a tournament, too, because we were talking about tournament fishermen, fishing. And he goes, yeah, there's a great tournament he wants to be a, or he's a sponsor of. He goes, it's called the Lily Call, and I'd never heard of it before, but they've been doing it for 54 years. So I got a hold of the uh, one of the people involved with that, and Mr. Will Robinson. And, Will, welcome to Rod Real Radio. Hey, thank you for having me on. Well, tell us about the Lily Call, because this is a pretty cool tournament. Well, as you said, it's, we've been going on for 54 years. Uh, it was actually named after a Balboa resident, uh, Lily Call. Uh, she was a, a hardcore fisherman. Even she holds a, a woman's uh, thirty-class world record for rooster fish. Still, so uh, the the um, Lily Call tournament was actually will be a four-pound test only for croaker, corbina, halibut, and bass. Uh, the Grand Slam award, uh, which is the largest weight of all four species. Uh, if anyone uh, gets that this year, JD at uh, JD's Big Game will have a uh, Cousins paired rod with a Shimano Trunks reel. Um, your, your, when, is this, when is this tournament here? It's coming up pretty quick. It is, it is, yes, it starts at midnight Friday at 12.01 a.m. Saturday morning um, all the way from uh, April 29th to Sunday, April 30th at 2 p.m. So you can start fishing fish. at midnight on, on Friday, basically, uh, right after midnight yep. Friday, and fish till 2 o'clock on Sunday? Sunday morning, or Sunday afternoon, yes. Sunday afternoon. And you can only use four-pound test? Yes. And you can catch anything that's a croaker, corbina, halibut, and bass. You have divisions, or are you just looking for the big fish? Um, it is uh, the, the biggest fish. of Each one is a single division. In each division, you so, get to catch. You can catch a halibut yes. on four-pound line and get it in there. It, it, does it have to be legal? Yes, it does. Uh, the, it has uh, to be over twenty-two inches minimum, and um, halibut has to be twenty-three minimum. You know, well, there you see. Now there is a challenge on four-pound test. Yes, and then, then but, but the croaker and corbina, the weight minimum is one pound. One pound minimum. On four, yeah. This is a cool, way cool tournament. Now, are there any restrictions on bait? You know, can you use live bait, cut squid, whatever you want to use? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no restrictions on bait. We just ask um, circle, hex or, circle hooks are optional on all baits, and but no treble hooks whatsoever. Well, yeah, that's a smart thing, no trebles. Okay. Single yeah. hooks, <clears throat> you can use more than one hook, though? Oh, yeah, yes, on a single line, yeah. You know, this sounds like it's a fun event. In the history of the event, Will, uh, has anyone ever gotten the Grand Slam? Because trying to get all four species of this fish, and I know our bays here in San Diego would be pretty tough. What's been uh, uh, some of the the records of this in the past? It has been. I talked with J.D. last week about that, and he said it's been quite a few uh, years since we had a Grand Slam. So... I can only imagine. Um, I, I that, that's a tough road. 
Yes, I remember seeing a nice picture of Tracy Decker with uh, one of her nice fish uh, from either last year or the year before for the Lily Cull event. Well, you've got a bass with 14 inches minimum, halibut 23-inch minimum, croaker or corvina over one pound. So Correct. Yeah. to get into that, first off, to get a croaker and a corvina would be tough to get a one-pounder on that. A bass <laughs> over 14, okay, we can probably do that. A 23-inch halibut, because that's new, uh, getting a 23-inch halibut on the boat with four-pound test would be a chore. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think we're, you're looking about, what, six, seven-pound halibut. That'll be fun. Well, yeah. Now, Will, tell us, uh, how do we enter this tournament? Is uh, <laughs> it available, obviously, to non-club members, registration? Oh, yeah, it's, it's totally open to the public. It's limited to 75 anglers. Uh, we have t- 20 spots left as of this morning. Uh, we just had a barbecue uh, for new members today, and I think a few more signed up, so... Uh, you can call Mindy at uh, 949-673-6316 or contact us through the website at balboaanglingclub.org. What's the cost to enter the tournament? It's $40. $40. And that actually includes a meal at the awards banquet and a raffle ticket and a T-shirt. For 40 bucks? <laughs> yeah. That's per angler? That's pretty great. That's yeah. good. Now, tell us about the award ceremony because you're not having it there at the uh, – uh, the club? No, it's, uh, it starts at 4 p.m. at the Chicken Coop in Newport Beach, um, and that's the reason why we got limited, because of fire codes for their uh, awards banquet section. Um, but uh, we have quite a few um, uh, raffle prizes. I think one of them is four tickets to the Angels game at club level. Uh, we have 20 hours uh, from outboard service from Amber Marine. Uh, Joe, JD's donating uh, that, that Cousins Rod uh, with Shimano Trunks Reel. We got some AFCO gaffs, some nets. So um, some great prizes being raffled. Pretty, pretty cool tournament. They got IGFA rules for this. You know, so you can use uh, braided line, but you have a, uh, uh, a maximum of four-foot leader um, and 15-inch uh, leader, no treble hooks on that bait. And then you have uh, you know, California fishing license you have to have. Minimum requirements must be you know, 14 inches for your your, your croakers and, and one pound or better. And all those things, courtesies to the other anglers. So if you see another angler hooked up, you got to give him the right of way. <laughs> Move your boat. <laughs> With four pound, that's a good idea. <laughs> this yeah. is just way fun. It would be a great, fun tournament to fish. Yeah. Now, what's nice is um, we're allowed to um, anchor up anywhere in the harbor as long as you're flying one of the BAC flags. Wow. Oh, even better. So you get a flag that, that identifies your boat as an angler for your tournament. Yeah. And everybody's on Channel 65. I, I'm, I read that. Well, that. That's a tournament channel. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be a, a, a fun time now. You know, before we hang up with you, Wendy reported just earlier that there was a large white sea bass that was weighed in at the uh, Balboa Anglers Club. Do you have any information on that? Uh, yes, I do. Um, it was actually we've been getting quite a few of them recently. Uh, the last night it was weighed in by Frank. Uh, I believe it was seventy point something. I I don't recall the exact number, but it would have been a club record if he was a member. Oh. Wow. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was Frank's personal best, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, Frank was happy. <laughs> Any details yeah. on, on where or how he caught it? Um, yeah, Pacific Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> well spoken. I like Frank that. is a true fisherman, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, Will, we want to thank you very much for, for being with us. Thank you very much uh, for uh, telling us about the uh, Lily Call uh, tournament. Uh, it sounds like a grand event, uh, <laughs> traditional event, my gosh, uh, 54 years. Um, uh, great way to go. You guys just have a lot of fun. I hope you have a lot of anglers there. It sounds like there's only 20 spots open. So, yeah, it's been an event that's been looked forward to probably all year. Much success to you, and I hope someone wins that Grand Slam this year. Oh, I do, too. Right. Yeah, Thanks, me, Brad. too. Well, you tell uh, Brad over at Anglers, I mean, at uh, Amber Marine, thanks for bringing this up. All right. Thank you as well. Take care. <laughs> Cheers. Well, Wendy, I did appreciate that in-depth report on how that large white sea bass was caught. I mean, uh, uh, we're really we're ready to go out and get him now, aren't we? <laughs> the Pacific Ocean, and he had a hook. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Hey, Stan, uh, Wendy, thanks a lot for helping put the show together. And, and I'm sorry we, uh, we lost one of the guys that were going to give us a report of, on uh, what was happening up there in Bridgeport. But uh, I think we uh, covered as many bases as we could in the time. And it, it just sounds like there's going to be great fishing up there in the eastern Sierras. But well, you know, everybody's asking, what about the snow or whatever? Better start making phone calls and find out. So what's available? Camping was restricted because of the snow, but that's opened up in the last few days. So they're really doing a job to try to make it easier for the anglers to get up there and, and uh, catch that fish, and it should be a really great year. And, and it sounds like if there's really anything to be really cautious about, the flow in the rivers is as big time as it's ever been. So watch out when you're wading into the rivers or going in there, and it can change. There's a lot of holes and rocks that you may not be familiar with. So watch on out because there was a, a bad incident up there where a fisherman was uh, almost killed here last week. So just be careful up there and just have a great time. Yeah, watch that if you're going to go up and try to fish the ice uh, on the lakes that are frozen. That is the most dangerous of anything up there. Our ice in California really doesn't get that thick, especially because it's been yeah. warmer. So, Wendy, don't. last, do you want to say something? Yeah, I'll be up there. So uh, um, I'll be up in the Lone Pine area for the Manzanar pilgrimage with my mom and my family and hoping to wet a line while I'm up there. So I'll be calling in from the Sierras. All right. Get them, girl. All right. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight. We want to thank Jorge and the AM540 studios. uh, ben, uh, our local producer here in San Diego, but always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McEwen. Thank you for this tradition that we call Rod and Reel Radio. We'll be back next Sunday night at 5.05 with uh, up-to-date fishing information or more information you need to know. So on behalf Maybe of Stan Wendy. from the opener. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to the opener, have fun. So on behalf of Stan Wendy, you guys have a great week. We look forward to seeing you on the water. We'll be back next Sunday night. Take care, everyone. We're out for now. Gone fishing by a shady.